Good evening, everybody. This is The Majors Live on TheMajors.net. You are listening to webisode number Paul Coffee, a.k.a. <laughs> webisode number 77. It's day 2,308 in the search for Tim Shevelday. No Nicholas Heater tonight, but he will be back tomorrow. We got Tiff doing double duty in his place. And, of course, your host, the man who has to put up with a podcast crew that's so annoying that they are practically Ozzie Gian, <laughs> Adam Hernandez. Nice. You're back on your game once oh, again. thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, question for you. What's up? Where, where, does, where does Timmel's love for Paul Coffey come from? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's, was, Well, I shouldn't say that. It's been – he was his favorite player forever. And he's okay. I mean, and Tim Timmel always fancied himself a – hockey player in the vein of Paul Coffey, uh, yeah. an offensive defenseman was like his, you know, his dream play, <sighs> you know, position. In other words, a guy that just, you know, ignores his position and just <laughs> pl- yeah. plays as a third forward and then scores a lot. And, or a fourth forward. Oh, well, you're, you're right, I guess. I always call it a third forward because I, I, the center is a center. Yeah. Well. But, you know. I guess you're right, though. Adam always criticizes you. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a pattern. Yeah, I I guess you're right. The center is a forward too. Sorry, sorry. I sorry, was I was considered the wingers forwards and the center center, but I guess the the wingers are wingers and the center. I center. I just I just hold They're you. I just hold you and you know uh, you know above oh above oh, the rest. Thanks, man. You know I didn't. I I, I don't mean <laughs> to criticize. It's just it's just I I hold you at such high regard. So yeah. Yeah, you'd hold me to higher standards than your average sports fan. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Tip. Tip, I hold, I hold you in very, very high regard, So, including myself. So, anyways, um, welcome, everybody. The Majors Live 77 here. Um, bitches and badasses, get them in. TMSNX Girl of the Week, Cora Skinner. I'm sure we'll be hearing Squirrel's uh, feedback on her here pretty soon. I heard she had a big nose from some people, but I don't know. Because that's all we're looking at. Well, as <laughs> I, you know, I looked at her picture before and I didn't notice she had a nose. So I'll, I'll look again and I'll, I'll let you know. And our fan question this week, um, very much a baseball question tip, since we are uh, during on the final fourth turn of the regular season here. Which wild card combo will end up making the MLB postseason? Is it going to be St. Louis, Atlanta, or St. Louis? Um, Tampa Bay? Is it going to be Atlanta, Tampa Bay? Is it going to be Boston, Atlanta? Or is it going to be Boston, St. Louis? Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll get to uh, we'll get to our answers here shortly. We're gonna we're gonna move up our um, our uh, fan question a little bit because we're gonna be talking a little bit. See, Tip and I we talked about you know the wild card last night during around the diamond. And, you know, we gave our predictions and everything on how things would turn up. And, and, and they could still turn up that way, except last night we had the uh, the Rays beat the New York Yankees. And we had Boston lose to the Baltimore Orioles. So now they're all tied up. So we're going to get to that in just a little bit. We're going to kind of do a little reset on the uh, I'll on, stick on with the, my prediction from last night, but we'll let it know later. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. Um, other than that, though, our uh, Rapid Fire Roundtable segment um, we'll go ahead and we'll get. Hey, hey, squirrel. What's up? What, what's going on with bonus life? Is that coming out yet? Uh, it's not out yet. Um, you can look forward to the next trailer, probably within a month. I was gonna say just. I was gonna you, say there are trailers released now. The next trailer you can look forward to within a month from now, and um, probably be in next year. Hopefully, uh, 
we will, uh, we'll, you know, we can uh, possibly see a release date. Sounds but, good. Uh, making huge progress. Done shooting. Um, it's going to be a really interesting film. And uh, I'm hoping that even if you are not, I mean, it is, of course, about the world of competitive gaming and the subculture surrounding it, but hoping that it will be an enjoyable movie to anyone, whether you're a fan of video games, a fan of competitive gaming, or not a fan of either. So Sweet, it, it man. It should be a, a very cool movie. Sweet, man. Anyways, we got our first question up here on the Rapid Fire Roundtable segment brought to you by Bonus Life and Persistent Productions. First, Jack McKeon, tip, retiring from the Florida Marlins, which is pretty... It's expected. I mean, he basically oh, he's 80 came, years old. Yeah, he's 80 years old. He, he came in as he basically his cleanup duty this year to kind of, you know, whip these guys into shape, namely Ham, Hanley Ramirez after, you know, he kind of went off and did his whole his best Hanley Ramirez impression during the season. But um Jack McKeon, I I guess I guess what are your impressions of Jack McKeon um tip? I mean, he's obviously one of uh, one of the more bigger name managers that we've had in the game. Uh what are your impressions of him though as far as, you know, as far as some of the you know the the better managers all time in Major League Baseball, I don't know if I'd put him in top ten, but um, he's definitely one of the better managers in baseball. He great baseball man. He's been around for geez sixty years in baseball, fifty five wow. years, something like that. I mean the guy's you know he, he's baseball through and through, and uh, he gives a clubhouse a very stable setting. He's an old old time disciplinary guy. You know. Ended up winning a uh, World Series, Series with the Florida Marlins right. in 2003. After um, the only thing I remember about that 2003 World Series, really, to tell you the truth, they ended up beating the Yankees. Um, but is uh, that the Steve Bartman incident at uh, at uh, Wrigley oh, Field? Right. That's 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 what I remember the most out of that series. But yes, yeah, it was Cincinnati. I believe what, what was he at Cincinnati. Uh, like, I'll, I can bring it up here real quick. Um, but yeah, sixty years though in the major leagues. That's that's. That, I don't think in the major leagues, but in, you know, in baseball. in baseball, yeah. Let's see, Jack McKeon. Whoops, spelled it wrong. Anyways, where are we at with Jack McKeon here? Um, here we go. Um, Kansas City Royals as a manager, as a manager, of Kansas City. He started out with the Kansas City, nineteen seventy three to nineteen seventy five. Uh, Oakland after that, San Diego, Cincinnati, then the Florida Marlins. He was at Cincinnati from 97 to 2000. So, right. um, sticking with baseball though, Brian Cashman tip, we, we talked about Brian Cashman last night and, you know, whether or not Yankees fans should want him back. And it seemed like, it seemed like all of us were pretty much in agreement there as far as, you know, getting jet or getting, um, Brian Cashman back on board with the Yankees, considering that. All he's basically done there in New York is win. Is win. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, they haven't. They probably haven't as won as many World Series as they hope to win. But um, I mean, the Yankees have been right up there. I mean, they haven't had any losing seasons. Um, they've been right up there. They've been right up there among you know major league teams or I'm sorry, American League teams, um, basically throughout Cashman's uh, tenure what there. Are they, Fourteen out of fifteen years in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's some crazy number like that. And, and as we all know, it's extremely hard to make it to the postseason in baseball. I mean, out of all the major sports in the United States, baseball certainly is the is the toughest to get into the postseason. Uh, and, please, and please don't write in about the money thing because I can give you so many examples why that isn't true. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I could. If you I, want to write in, write in. I could. I could. I could name off uh, another New York team where the money didn't work out for them, and that's uh, the New York Rangers, and the Los Angeles Dodgers, and yes. the Baltimore Orioles. And... Um, but I mean, do you think Brian Cashman would want to come? I mean, being in that New York market, it's extremely, extremely um, oh, pressure filled. Absolutely. You think he wants to come absolutely. back? Absolutely. I think I think he'll eventually come back as well. It's just I, I guess you got to look at it from the other side of things because Yankees fans should want him back. I, I don't think there's any question in that. Yankees fans should want him back. He's a young guy. He is a younger guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's not he's not old. He's younger. Uh, he's a guy that could certainly be with the organization for many years to come. And um, I guess the question is, is does he want to stay with the Yankees? I mean, I, I don't see why not. You know, he basically has an open checkbook every single year to, you know, go out and try to acquire the best, uh, you know, the best, uh, you know, players possible. Um, Tip, I want to present another question to you. And, and Squirrel, you could you could answer this also. Uh, say there was a salary cap in baseball. Would you still be comfortable with Brian Cashman running the team? Absolutely. The guys made very, very good decisions, very good trades, uh, good s- farm system you know like I, I keep saying over and over again people don't believe me but there are so many homegrown players on the yankees that they, they just don't realize it and the trades he makes generally work out quite well did you want to have one final uh, take on that i i agree i agree with tip i i won't uh, drag it out any more than that but he's a great baseball mind i don't think uh he he works within the rules I don't think he's the best, but I think he's very good. You know, the thing is, uh, make this real quick, is he's at the mountaintop right now at the Yankees sure. organization. There's probably only two other jobs he would even consider taking, maybe three. One would be with St. Louis, the Cubs. And the other one would be very interesting, and he probably would consider it would be the Dodgers. But, but other than that, there aren't any other teams that he would even consider going to. Well, the Cubs job is open, too, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that because we talked about that, too, Tip, um, on a few around the Diamonds ago, uh, you know, what guys could potentially be named as, you know, the next Chicago Cubs manager. And Brian Cashman is certainly one of those types of guys. And it's going to be – and we think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a, a, a top name, like a Billy Bean, um, maybe a Brian Cashman. They're also – Throwing around uh, the OFC's name as well. That that wouldn't surprise me. You know, I mean, it's if you left the Red Sox, it really wouldn't. It would it would surprise me a little bit, considering Boston is 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 Epstein's you know hometown team, uh, and you know, in Boston's another one of those baseball meccas as well, like like the Cubs. But I mean, Boston has had you know far more success than the than the Chicago Cubs have had. And you know you're right there. You know you're you've you've got you're in the spotlight. He's another extremely young guy as well. Um, so I would be I would be I would be surprised to see um, Epstein move from Boston to Chicago. But sticking with the uh, the Yankees, I don't know if you heard about this one last night. Russell Martin was ejected um, last night from their game against the Tampa Bay Rays um, after he apparently made a joke to the home plate umpire. Apparently there was a. Uh, a very very tight strike zone last night, and uh, when Ro- Russell Martin, you know, when the inning was about ready to start, Russell Martin was in his crouch getting ready. The umpire was dusting off the plate, and uh, he asked the umpire. He asked him, "Well, this is uh, according to Russell Martin." Um, he asked him, "You know, did you stretch before the game tonight?" And I guess the umpire is like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, because you're awfully tight tonight," and uh, from there on out. Russell Martin was ejected from the game. Uh, 
Joe Girardi came out, you know, to argue a little bit, and uh, that was the end of it. And I don't know. I obviously that was an umpire that was, you know, that maybe was a little too bit too tight last yep. night because I don't know why. Why? Why? I mean, if 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 that was the real reason why Russell Martin was thrown out, I think some of these, you know, some that, of these umpires crap. need to. You know, get off their little power trip here and uh, lighten up a little bit. If the players can lighten up, especially you know this late in the season, the I umpires agree. can lighten up as well. So, if you can't say that to an umpire, that's that that's that's crap. That's I'm pretty sorry. damn funny too. No, it is. And there's you know he could have made a he he could have made a dirty joke. He could have said something rude. He didn't. He made a funny, clean joke. I'd like to hear the umpires. I would too. I, I I didn't hear anything from the umpire, but yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought it was pretty funny. I think uh, you know Russell Martin. He you know after baseball he might have himself a career there at uh, you know as a comedian or you know broadcast. Well, it's even a yeah, fine for the Yankees. There's thank you Brian Cashman. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Russell well, Martin um, discarded by the Dodgers basically. Yeah, and that was and that was crazy. I don't understand why the Dodgers got rid of Russell Martin. Um, and he was, and he's certainly an all-star caliber catcher as well. He finished second to Alex Avila, and Alex Avila certainly deserved it over Russell Martin. But oh, he's been a huge part of that team. They had to do something too. Jorge Posada wasn't going to get it done anymore. He's way too old. But you know, you could actually argue without Martin and without Avila that you wonder if the Yankees or the Tigers would have won their divisions. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Avila. Yes. Russell Martin. Um, maybe not so much. Look what he's done with the pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, not so much as Avila, I think, but Russell Martin, sure. And I don't think catchers get enough recognition on the teams. Well, they don't, you know, when it comes to the pitching staff. No, they they don't, and it's um, you know, that's you know, I think I think Rodriguez, Ivan Pudge got it when he was with Detroit, just because he's Pudge and he is that bigger name. Um, but Russell Martin isn't a huge name in baseball. He's a he's a, he's a well known catcher, but he's not huge. Uh, but I, I I'm with you. I th- I don't think that catchers get the recognition and the credit that they certainly deserve. Such an important position. Oh, it is. It's, oh, I it's, think it's it's arguably our, the most important I, position I on the field. So, um, moving along to baseball, though, the Winter Classic will take place this year, or actually next year, 2012. This season's Winter Classic will take place at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia between the New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of glad to see a matchup like this, considering, you know, I was I was sick of seeing F- Pittsburgh playing it. I was sick of seeing Washington playing it. Um, I like seeing different teams playing it. I wish I wish they you know this is me being a homer again, but I wish they would showcase the Red Wings a little bit more. Um, I think you know the Red Wings probably should have had a second Winter Classic by now, um, and I wish the NHL would not keep the Winter Classic. Um, to American teams only. They should have one in Florida. Oh, wait, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Man, right. Well, I'm sure Gary Bettman's trying to investigate all possibility to, to getting a winter classic in, in Florida or in Hawaii the or Las Vegas. people in Florida wouldn't go to it because it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the people here will go if it's, you know, you know, in the Midwest and New England states will go if it's, you know, 20 below zero but sure. the they people, want it 20 below zero yeah but the people in florida won't go if they you know they'd have the like pre-frozen ice it'd be like 45 55 degrees out and they would <laughs> no we're not going outside in that and people in florida are wusses man yeah yeah they well they're old too so yeah that's true anyways um 
<laughs> like I said, I, I, I would love. I, I want to. I would. For me, the dream matchup would be a Detroit Toronto, Detroit Montreal Winter Classic. I think that that would be. I think that that would be awesome. Even a Montreal Toronto matchup, I think that'd be cool. But I'd like to see, uh, you know, my hometown, our hometown Red Wings, in, in the Winter Classic again, which I think they'll probably get here in the next few years. But, anyways, though. Uh, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, looking to add two overseas games next year. As we all know, uh, the NFL usually plays an overseas game at uh, Wembley Stadium in uh, in England. Do you want to see another overseas game in the NFL? I mean, to tell you the truth, I mean, it's, where's it going to be at? Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that portion. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be, obviously, someplace in Europe. Antarctica. Uh, pro- yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be Gary Bettman if he was in charge, you know, because there's a lot of NFL South fans. Africa. <laughs> um, actually, South Africa probably would Actually, be yeah, good. South Africa would probably be pretty good. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking of what to say, I was trying to think of a place that would be really dumb, so I did go with Antarctica. But I, you know, like four places went through my mind before then, and everyone was like, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Might be kind of cool. Might, you know. yep. Do you, do you agree with this though? I mean, another another NFL game overseas. I mean, the NFL brand is so huge. I'm you not know, so sure they need to add more games overseas. It doesn't bother me. It's cool. I, I can't. I, I, it just doesn't. I, I hope the Lions aren't one of the teams because yeah. I really don't. Want, you know, it's a long travel, but I, it doesn't bother me. It really. Yeah, doesn't. I just I don't know. I I I think one's enough to tell the truth. Now, again, it's it's not going to kill me, but you know, it, it's going to kill me if they start adding Super Bowls or anything like that in, in London or, you know, any, any other. I don't care. Season. I can't afford to go to the Super Bowl anyway. So. I know. I, I, just, I just would rather, much rather see it here in the United States somewhere. So, you know, I, I'm kidding. I, I actually do agree with you, and that's with the Super Bowl thing, but I don't have a problem with these games overseas. I, I think they're kind of cool, and the thing is, this is about money. It's about spreading the name. Right. If they're not successful, they'll stop. So this problem is going to solve itself. You know, I mean, if if this is profitable, they'll keep doing it. If it's not, they won't keep doing it. What I'd like so, to see them do is, I don't mean to interrupt the scrolls, mm-hmm. I agree with you actually, totally, is I think it would be, if they could somehow do it with the schedule where the team that goes, the two teams that go overseas, the following, following week for them is a buy. No, that work. That, that would work. Very cool. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, you that's know. a good idea. Because that's really that. To me, it's a, it's a disadvantage to the team. That's why I say, you know, I hope sure. the Lions aren't one of them. Yeah, I, I I I think that would be a really good idea. You know, set up that bye week for the following week, and you know, so they don't have to you know deal with those crazy and trips. I don't. You know, if this if this is something they partially already do, but I, I like your idea of the bye, and I would also like it if this game were to somehow count, eh, you know, maybe this isn't possible with the logistics throughout the entire league, but if this game were to be a in a way game for both teams, in essence, to where the, they, if, don't lose if a home, you, they don't lose exactly, a home game. Exactly. If you play in oh, a game overseas, yeah. you still have eight home games. That's a good, I agree with that too. You know, I mean, yep. as well. Um, perhaps that's not, possible with logistics yeah, I, i'm not a numbers guy necessarily yeah neither am i i'm but, not a math guy either you know, i'm not gonna be able to figure that maybe out maybe that would leave two other teams without a game to play at some point i don't know you know they must do that because i i find it hard to believe that a team every team gets eight home games now i'm I, trying to think i can't imagine that a city would 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I allow that. What it's got to be is it's possible as long as it, it becomes more possible if and when you have more games and you allow those those uh, those two teams. Mm-hmm. To, you know, more teams will then have more games. In essence, I, I know I didn't say that very good, but if you have four teams playing in these games, it's definitely possible. Look on your... If you only have two teams play, if you only have one international game, it, it's got to be a home wait. game for somebody. Somebody, it's is, gotta, the home, somebody yeah. is the home team. Yeah, but some, no, but somebody's got to be losing a home game I, in what? a 17-week season. Who played last year? Wasn't it Tampa Bay and New England? Did they play last? Year? I know they played. I know they played one time in Wembley. We should look back. Look back. Squirrel, go go back and look that up if you can. Sure, I will. Thanks. I just find it hard to believe. Like if the Lions happen to play in London, that they would only have seven home dates. Yeah, but I like that. I mean, I mean that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, absolutely. Especially for a team like the Lions, and you know, playing in a city like Detroit. I mean, that brings in a lot of money. You know, every single Sunday. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a great point, Squirrel. But, yeah. but I, I I still think. They might have a home team over there, but I find it hard to believe they're losing a home game. That does... I just don't know how else you do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I don't either. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't that know. Scheduling thing has got to be major pain in the ass. Yeah, it has to. Um, but we're gonna go while while Squirrel is checking that out. We're gonna shift back to baseball here. Um, Ozzy Gian last night um, after our show uh, to, after around the diamond, um, it was announced that he was going to be released from his contract. Uh, with the Chicago White Sox, thank after, God. After he was denied an an extension with the team um, after this season, and this is something that we all pretty much saw coming. Uh, we knew that you know that Ozzy Guillen was on his way out in Chicago. It was just a it was just a matter of when. I was kind of surprised by you know, given that there was only two games left in the season, I figured that they would have probably you know, played the final two games out yeah. considering, you know, the Chicago White Sox are out of it. Uh, Him and Kenny Williams can't stand each other. Oh, yeah, they can't. They can't. And, and, and that just goes to prove, uh, Tip, how bad they hated each other. I mean, it's – I haven't seen anything like it before, and it's – I was I was kind of taken back by it a little bit. But he's out now. He's out in Chicago. Um, they actually thought that – Actually, they appointed Joey Cora, I think that's, as the as the interim manager and actually fired him before he even managed a game and appointed the uh, the pitching coach. As what was the, uh, up with that? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that if must anybody be... out there knows. I... <laughs> yeah, give us a call, 734-259-4941. That but... had to be some sort of deal where he was Guillen's disciple or something. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe he figured, oh, maybe wait. Maybe he took a job with Florida. Maybe it could have been. It could have been. But um, Ozzy Gian is in South Beach right now, and he's going to be announced as the Florida Marlins manager tomorrow. Tomorrow, I don't know what time, but there's going to be a press conference tomorrow announcing Ozzy Gian as the manager. And here's the other thing. Why is Florida doing this when now they've got to get up, give up two minor leaguers to the White Sox? I don't know. I don't know. Is uh, it? I can't quite figure this I, whole thing out. I, 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 I can't figure it out either, Tip. It's very... It's very, it's very, very weird. There has to be something else to all of this um, for it to make sense because right now it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Ozzy Gian, he's going to sign a four-year contract to be the Marlins' new manager, and in that, in you know, and as the deal breaks down, Florida's going to have to give up two, you know, minor league prospects in return. Now they're probably not going to be forty-man roster type prospects, but. 
still, you're giving up two guys off your roster for a manager when, you know, if you release him from his contract, um, you would you would have thought that, you know, he's free to sign with anybody without, you know, no strings attached. But that's not the case. Like you said, Tip, uh, Florida's going to have to give up two minor league prospects to sign uh, to sign. Um, the only thing I can, the only I can figure is, and I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing totally. Is there was a couple of the teams who really wanted him bad in Florida and said, you know what, we're not waiting. This is the guy we want. We're willing to do this, and we're taking him. That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah, I I I really really don't know. It's uh, and I think he's a good fit down there. I'm not an Ozzie Gann fan, but I think he's actually a good fit down there in Florida. They don't have a good fan base down there. They're always off the map. Even when they won the World Series, there it's they seem like they're off the map. He's gonna bring a little stardom down there. Uh, he always brings controversy. He's gonna put Florida on the baseball map a little down there, so it's a it's a good hire. And he, you know he he's a good manager too. He's just not my cup of tea. Do you think Do you think in Florida, in a team like Florida's case, do you think it's only worth it for them? Because right now, Ozzie Guillen, yes, he is a big name. He got Chicago World Series back in two thousand five. Um, he took Chicago to the postseason twice during his tenure there. I think he was hired in what two thousand four. Yes, two thousand four because they ended up winning his second year in two thousand five. Eight years was he there? Or? Yeah, something like, something like that. 2004. Yeah. Um, but I guess you never wanted to be totally about your manager. And that's what it really became in in Chicago, is it became all about Ozzy there, it seemed like. I mean, do you want that for your team, though? Is that good for any Major League Baseball team? No. Or is this going to be, uh, you know, Chicago Part 2 down in South Beach? I don't think it would be Chicago Part 2. I think... Certain circumstances, yes, actually, in Florida is one of those cer- certain circumstances. They need they need a shot in the arm. It's like really, you know, when the Tigers hired Spark Anderson in 1979, really, you would have thought they won the World Series because it gave the city, the team, hope. They had a big name. <coughs> it, it totally infused the Tiger organization. I mean, and to, to give it. To give another Detroit reference, it's like when the Pistons hired Larry Brown. Yeah, they, it just you know they uh, something about it. Mm-hmm. And Larry Brown, I think, is a comparable guy to to Guillen in a lot of ways, just because oh, yep. he's quite the diva, you know. And you never really know what his next move is going to be, but you can't deny that he's a good baseball mind. And, oh, absolutely not, you know, so or a good I, you know, I, basketball. And Larry yep. Brown's. Case, I think I, this is the perfect fit for Guillen for both sides. It, it, it probably is out of out of all the different out of all the different scenarios. Tip and Squirrel, this is probably this would is probably the best one, you know, kind of like that Curtis Granderson trade last year. Out of out of all the different scenarios, uh, you know, what the Tigers could have gotten back for Curtis Granderson, that was the best they could have gotten back, and it was worth it. Same oh, thing, it, it absolutely was. And same and same thing with this. You know, it's you know out of all the different scenarios, out of all the different cities that Ozzie Guillen could be going to. Uh, this is probably the best one because right now, and and that's a good point that you guys made as well. I mean, Florida right now, Florida that that baseball market is 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 dead in the water right now. Ozzie Guillen, he's a big name. He's a you know he's a very very colorful guy. And you're gonna have a new stadium. They're gonna have a new stadium, a new name. 
Um, they're not going to be called the Florida Marlins anymore. They're going to be called the Miami Marlins. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're going to be called the Miami Marlins. I saw their they they leaked their new logo tip. You know what? That's a good idea. It is a good idea. I hate their logo. <laughs> it is it is the it is one of the worst things I have I've I've seen in. What's it got? Castro's face on it? Or something? No, it <laughs> it has it has a marlin on it. But say, as long as it's not a dolphin. <laughs> See, no, no, don't. But you know what? They they have like it seems like they have like ten different colors. You know, in this logo, it's 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 awful. I'll show you guys during the break. But you know what? Though you have to understand where they play. Yeah. You know, you're it's a, you know, Miami's you 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 feel like, and this is not a negative comment, everyone. You feel like you're not in America when you're in Miami. It's oh. very different culture, and yeah. it's very Cuban, which is fine. I mean, they do a, it's it, it can be a fabulous city, but it is totally different and. Uh, so you you have to do things to your fan base, and I think number one, making them the Miami Marlins is very is a very sure. good start. Absolutely, I, w- I was down there, uh, and you have a Ozzie Guillen who speaks the language. Things like it's important. Sure. Yeah, it is. It is important. I was down there. I was down there a couple of years ago on my honeymoon. It was. It is like being in a different country. Oh, absolutely. It's Spanish first, yep. then English, and um, it's a unique area. Sure, absolutely. And uh, what's next though for the Chicago it, White Sox? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you, did you? Oh, yeah. You know what? I was just going to jump in real quick sure. here. The uh, 2010 NFL International Series was played in London. Um, it was between the Broncos and the 49ers. 49ers were designated as the home team, and mm-hmm. they did, in fact, only play seven games wow. in San Francisco. They did, like you said, also, they played that game in London in week eight, and week nine was their bye was week. Their bye? Same goes for the Broncos. Okay, so All they right. did that. Okay, that makes sense. So that, that does make sense. But <clears throat> when you think about it, the logistics simply don't work out if you're only going to have those teams that do it. Somebody along the lines would have to not have the right amount of home games. The only way you could do it, no, you're right. the only way you could fix that problem, and maybe they're already addressing they this, must compensate is them. by having more um is by having more international games if you had more teams you could make it float where you act like these two teams are playing home they must not. they must compensate that mm-hmm. te- the home team though they have to because there's no way a team's given up sure. a home game without being compensated. so they must it, it, i'm sure they do you know you don't even You're think of those things, that, really. that that home the team that is designated as the home team must get some sort of further compensation. Absolutely, yeah, they, they no. have. You know, what do they make on a you know general sure. Sunday or whatever? They, they have to. I mean, that's only would only be fair. I do want to get to one more point though, but we'll uh, about the Chicago thank White Sox. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, yeah, thank oh, you, Score. No we'll get to that though after the break. This is the Majors live on the Majors.net. We'll be right back. This week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh boy, a kitty cat. Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty, it's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? And with millions of 
healthy cats to choose from? It's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters? This lab cat, Abby. Help, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts. Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. <gasps> what do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, in Majors Live on the Majors.net. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. You can leave us feedback on our Facebook pages as well, facebook.com slash themajorsx, facebook.com slash tmsnx. Uh, just got done. We're talking a little bit about Ozzie Gian right now. He's getting ready to sign in Florida as their new manager. Four-year deal tomorrow is when it will be announced. Um, one last thing, though, before we move on from Ozzie Gian is – uh, you know, what's next for the uh, Chicago White Sox now? And there is an interesting name thrown around right now, Tip, or that's being thrown around right now for the next Chicago White Sox manager, Buddy Bell. That's what I heard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Buddy Bell was one of those guys that um, took over the Tigers uh, mid-1990s after Sparky Anderson. That was... It was a tough spot to be put in as, you know, being Buddy Bell, taking over for a guy like Sparky Anderson. I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine any other, you know, what's that? What's job. that tell you? Uh, that Chicago's looking at him? Yes. What does that tell me? Uh, that, I don't know. They're what? rebuilding. They're rebuilding, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, after look at Buddy Bell. Yep. Was the, it's not against Buddy Bell, but you have to bring in a type of manager personality who can handle younger players and knows he's going to lose and you you have you can't have a 10 million dollar manager when you're going to rebuild a team and yeah you, you can't you, that's that's true you bring in a guy that is a good baseball man he's a good teacher guy's got a great pedigree great mm -hmm. player um he's he'll bring stability to a young team and that's what I think the White Sox are. You're going to see them have a huge turnover next year. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've got a lot of guys on those roster too. Whether it be Mark Burley, whether it be um, I don't know what's going to happen with Jake Peavy, 
Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Adam Dunn. They are uh, the Alex Rios. They are the future last place team of the Central Division. It could be absolutely. That, that just happens sometimes. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, how we saw it a couple years ago when the Tigers we thought they were going to run away with everything. They finished last, uh, but yeah, I mean that's 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 a that's a a, a good point tip. Um, but uh, I guess he's a name that I didn't really expect, considering. No, I didn't either. Considering but... how long you know he's. He's seemingly been out of baseball. What was the last managing job he had? Was it Colorado? I think so. But, you know, these guys always are around, and it, it just uh, – I lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. But the White Sox are in trouble. There's no question about it. And Kenny Williams, as much as I don't like Ozzie Gann, Kenny Williams has to – take huge responsibility sure. for this. He's made some very, very poor moves with this team. You know, he had a... He had Rios, a ch- PV, uh, especially Adam Dunn. I mean, he's... Everything he's tried to do is, you know, his intentions are good, but they have literally blown up on... A couple years ago, I thought I thought they were the for sure front runners to get Miguel Cabrera from Florida. I mean, you considering the, the relationship that Cabrera had with... With Ozzie Guillen. Um, hell, Cabrera had drinks with the Chicago White Sox a couple years ago, um, you know, during a, a Tigers uh, White Sox series. So you would have thought that that would, you know, that, you know, Chicago is a big market. Um, they have that Ozzie Guillen factor, you know, the Latin factor, uh, and they couldn't get it done. Instead, you know, they uh, Kenny Williams goes out and makes deals for guys like Jake Peavy when Jake Peavy didn't even want to come to Chicago. He wanted nothing to do with Chicago. Um, for some reason or another, he, he ends up going to Chicago and ends up being a huge mistake. Um, he goes into even this past offseason. He, he has a choice. He could either go and get a guy like Victor Martinez, or he can go and get a guy like Adam Dunn, which turned out to be another huge mistake. Adam Dunn didn't even finish the season out. Yes, remember um, the Tiger fans lineup. last year and everybody wanted Adam Dunn over sure. Victor Martinez. And you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> professional hitter against a guy who strikes out 150 times a year. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Most overrated statistic in baseball: home run. Oh sure, sure. You could you could you could hit a home run at every at bat, but or once a game and have a high you know and have a huge huge number for your home run totals, but you could strike out every other time after that, which is what Adam Dunn basically does. And uh, you know, you look at his batting average, and it's you know, and it's not very good. Um, other than that, though, I wanna I wanna move along. Oh, you know what? We do have a call coming in. Go ahead, caller. Hello, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Huh, I guess I guess no one's there. Whatever. Um, anyways, though. Somebody just butt-dialed the Majors Live. Somebody could have just butt-dialed the Majors, the Majors Live. Who it's knows? probably Lickless. It might have. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was a 517. Hey, Squirrel, find out where 517 517 is, is um, the Howell, Howell area. area. Is it Howell? Up to, um, almost up to the Flint. Really? Yes. Huh. I thought that was. I, thought that was... I didn't even have to look that up. I just, that, that's just knowledge. It's in there. I thought that was 810. 810 no. is Brighton. Is it is it Brayton? Huh. Five one seven used to um go from uh you know the border of Howell all the way up through Alpena in, right. into Taos. 
I used to be an enormous thing, yeah, but when the uh, howl area, look at you, man. When the howl area wow. took over, it uh, it it just took that number, and then I believe a uh, nine eight nine is got, what they did. Got, to got, the, uh, nine, I've got my bell sitting next to me tonight. Just <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of work in that area. <laughs> Anyways, though, tip we uh did our uh, around the diamond last night mm-hmm. and um talked about our uh, our our postseason. You know, I guess. Not so much predictions, but, you know, kind of looked at the wild card race there last night. And uh, as it turns out, Tampa Bay ended up tying things up last night uh, after they beat the New York the New York Yankees in Tampa. And Boston ended up losing to the Orioles at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And tonight, though, tonight I just looked at the score, you guys. Um, right now, let me just get this refreshed here. Uh, Red Sox are beating the Orioles seven to three, while and that's in the top of the six. While the Yankees have a slim three-two lead over the Rays, and that's in the top of the seventh. Uh, so obviously, if uh, you know if, if Boston wins tonight, then they go up again by one game for the AL wild card, with uh, the Rays you know right behind them. And, uh, you know, Rays aren't out of it by any means yet, except it looks like it may come down to that final, well, it will come down to that final game. Now, they um, might as well play a playoff game. That would be the way to do it. Just just right out, you know, just I have mean, I, I uh, hope they tie like, and have a playoff game. I hope so, too. I, I would love that. It would be less stressful than having to watch the Tigers play a playoff I'd, game. I'd like to see it happen in both leagues. Oh, yeah, ex- I was going to say the same exact thing. I'd love to see, I'd love to see uh, oh, yeah, yeah, two playoff games. Like great. As far as what's happening in the National League, Right now, the Astros are beating the Cardinals five to nothing, and that's in the top of the fourth. The Cardinals do have bases loaded right now, though, with one out, and the uh, the Phillies are just hammering the Atlanta Braves seven to nothing. That game's in the top of the eighth. That's another game that could come down to the very end because it doesn't seem like anybody wants to win the National League Wild Card. Um, St. Louis had a golden opportunity last, last night. night to uh to beat the Houston Astros which they should. You know I'll tell you what. If Houston or if St. Louis ends up losing this series to Houston, they know they don't deserve to be in the postseason. Houston is by far and away the worst team in Major League Baseball right now. And if they lose this final series to the Houston Astros, and like I said, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve to oh, be I in the postseason. Um but but last night, um, I actually I stayed up and watched it on the on the MLB Network. Uh, Yadier Molina hit a hit a double in the top of the tenth, I think, with one out. Couldn't get him in, and uh, after that, uh, they put Octo- Octavio Dotel, St. Louis, that is, put Octavio Dotel in the uh, in the bottom of the tenth, and Houston ended up winning the game off of a off of a um, suicide squeeze. Like I said, in the in the bottom of the them. tenth inning, so uh, they're definitely trying to play spoiler right now. Uh, but like I said, St. Louis missed a golden opportunity last night to tie things up, and they're missing a golden opportunity tonight as well. Uh, again, they're playing the Houston Astros. They definitely have the advantage as far as matchup goes with the Braves playing the Phillies. And yeah, of course, you know the Phillies may be kind of you know laying back a little bit considering their record and everything, and you know they're comfortably in the playoffs and you know just kind of waiting things out. But still. Anytime you have you're you're going up against that Philadelphia pitching staff, it's going to be tough. I don't care if they have everything wrapped well, up. Well, they've got an obligation to baseball to play their hardest. 
they're they're part of deciding who's in the playoffs. The Phillies are going to throw their best out. There. Sure, they, they, they're that's what you should do, and that's what they I'm sure they are. And Charlie Manuel knows that, and he's going to do absolutely that, yeah, which is which goes to show why they're beating you know Atlanta tonight look, seven to nothing. Look at the Yankees doing the same thing at the Rays. I mean they're, and then you have uh, Houston. This is Houston's playoff series. They can spoil the whole sure. season for St. Louis. So these this young bad Houston team is they're getting recognition this week. So they're having a lot of fun. So. Uh, Boston right now, Tip, is, uh, is is scrambling to find pitching help. Uh, last I heard, Theo Epstein is looking at uh, Chris Capiano, um, Bruce Chen, and Mark Burley to potentially trade for. Oh, also Ted Lilly to potentially trade for and pitch the final game of the season uh, tomorrow night, which if you do trade for one of these guys... You can't use them in the postseason, so the you would you would have Boston would essentially have these guys for one game, and that's it. Now, if Boston was playing the Tigers in this final series, then I would say go out and get Bruce Chen because Bruce Chen <laughs> owns the Tigers every time he plays them. But unfortunately, Boston's not playing the Tigers; they're playing the Orioles. So, I don't think anything's going to get done with Boston. I think they're going to end up having to throw out God, who I, I don't know who they're going to throw out there tomorrow night. Um, last I heard, Lester's not himself. Um, in that rotation, and right? Andrew Miller pitch. He could. <laughs> I mean, you see Andrew Miller too. He doesn't look like the same person he was in Detroit. He's got this huge mm-hmm. beard now. His, his hair is all long. He, d- he doesn't look like the Andrew Miller that was here in Detroit. But anyways, he yeah. looked like he was thirty when he was eighteen. So he's gonna look like he's sixty when he's. Oh well, yeah, he's 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 the equivalent. I know to- the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Boston. That's a team that is still definitely reeling right now, and. Uh, and like we talked about last night, too, on Around the Diamond, uh, John Lackey's dealing with those personal problems. Uh, TMZ was reporting that he's divorcing his wife, uh, who has breast cancer right now. I don't know the whole story behind that, so I'm not going to comment on it any further than that. I'm just saying what I heard from TMZ. Yeah, why and are I don't, they reporting and, and, I, and, I, and I don't know. Well, because it's TMZ. That's, that's what TMZ does. Josh wanted to do the same. I'm sorry, Squirrel wanted to do the same thing on uh, on the majors.net. Start spreading a whole bunch of you know crazy rumors about about you know different athletes and everything on the majors.net. And I told him no. I told him no. That's that's not what we're all about. But he you wanted to do. Want to do <laughs> Tell me after the show, Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that might give you some great juice. <laughs> but anyways, though, yeah, oh, Bus. He's a he's a truther. That's right. <laughs> We're going to do once a week. That's going to have to come out. <laughs> that's the new bit on the show. Is Squirrel's a truther, and he likes to spread nasty rumors about different athletes. Well, that's, <laughs> I, I hope that's what I'm remembered for. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, our, our fan question, we'll revisit it again. What what uh, what wild card combination will end up making the MLB postseason? Is it going to be Atlanta, um, Boston? Is it going to be Atlanta, Tampa Bay? Is it going to be... Um, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, is it going to? What do you think? I'm not changing. I, I'll stick to what I said last night. I'm going to still say Boston, Atlanta. I can't change it either. I think uh, it's just so hard for a team to make that comeback. But yeah, I think you know Boston, or I'm sorry, Atlanta, St. Louis. They're probably going to lose these games tonight. Um, with Atlanta winning tomorrow night against Philadelphia, and well, Atlanta's one up, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay, so they'll, essentially they'll be tied then. 
Well, if they both lose tonight, then Atlanta goes into that final game with a one-game lead. So all they'd have to do is win the game, and it's over. Or even if they lost and St. Louis won, then they have a playoff. Yes. So they, if St. Louis loses tonight, Atlanta will clinch a tie for the wild card is my point. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm sticking with mine, too. I originally – I was with you, Tip. I thought it was going to be Boston and uh, in Atlanta making the playoffs. Um I, I just don't see. I just it just it's just hard to close those last games out. Did you find more dirt, squirrel? No, no. <laughs> I, I was just going to agree with the two of you. Is all I was going to. Add. I thought he's gonna. I thought he's gonna say, spread some more. Did you find anything at Curtis Granderson at all? Uh, yeah, he was um spotted um in a bar making out with two podcast hosts. <laughs> Adam Arsface Hernandez. Oh, I was going to say, that's where Ligolas is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. I th- I, I'm, I'm sticking with mine. I'm sticking with my uh, my original picks. I like uh, I like, I like like Boston. I like I like uh, Atlanta as well, just because it is. It is hard to finish out, you know, those final games. And later on in the show, though, we will, uh, we will do a majors top ten, the top ten biggest collapses in uh, – in MLB history, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We also have um, we also have a, kind of a serious topic that we'll be getting into later: racism in sports. We'll go over that at nine thirty. But right now, I do want to get into NFL Week Three. Um, Tip, you made an awesome pick last week, picking uh, picking the Buffalo Bills to you know not only cover but beat the New England Patriots last week. And uh, in very, very dramatic fashion, ended up winning on a final field goal at the end of the That game didn't go to overtime, did it? Uh, no, it was the last no. second. Yeah, last ball. second of the game. Um, Tom Brady looked every bit like Tom Brady in the beginning of the game. Uh, what did he have after that? Four picks? Four, four. Yeah, four. Yeah, four, four picks, four touchdowns. Buffalo is, um, they're, a, they're definitely, team. they're a good team. I mean, they're. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I want to say they're a good team right now, Tip. I think they're a team definitely in the right direction and on the rise. I think they're a good team. They're not, they're not a great team. Just like I feel that's like the Lions. The Lions are a good team right now. But I told you great. I told you on the air yesterday, um, and Squirrel, you can let me know about this. I, I, think that, I think that there's a power shift right now going on in the NFL. Before, we've seen teams like, we've seen teams like New England – We've seen teams like uh, like the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to throw New Orleans in there, oh, you Pittsburgh can. Pittsburgh struggling. Pittsburgh struggling. Um, Baltimore. Um, you know, right now we're seeing teams like uh, like the Lions. The Lions. There's only two undefeated teams left right now in the National Football League. And who would have thought it would have been the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills as those undefeated teams. Well, but, you know, when you look back, you know, last year, Buffalo had a – remember all the overtime games they lost last year? Oh, yeah. On the road. And sure. So they, Buffalo was three games, four games away from having the 11 or 12-game win season. And I think they ended up 8-8, eight and eight, if I'm not mistaken. But um, – so I'm not surprised at Buffalo, and I'm not surprised at the Lions. They both made great strides last year, and it's it, it's exciting. I'm glad to see it for both. It's really, really good for both cities, that's for sure. I think so, too. Um, you know, it's obvious. these are obviously two fan bases that definitely deserve a winning team. I think 
especially Buffalo. But well, I want to say especially Detroit, yeah, considering everything that they've gone through. Several Super Bowls. So Buffalo's had several Super Bowls that that they ended up losing consecutively, and Buffalo's you know kind of on the verge of losing their team as well. But Detroit is, you know, their their lack of success has been monumental. Um, obviously, they had the 0-16 season. They've had to deal with Matt Millen. Um, and by any means, I don't. I don't think. I don't think either of these teams are playoff teams. I'm still sticking with Detroit going eight and eight to finish out the season. And I haven't even looked at Buffalo's record. But I don't, Buffalo, I don't think is a playoff team either. Um, they play in a tough division. Still, I mean, New England, still New England. I think See, I disagree. I think New England's a bit of a fraud. But they're, they're, unless they do something with that defense, very weak defense. Yep, unless until but, they change but that nine, defense. I think nine times out of ten, if Buffalo plays New England, New England's going to win out the majority of the time. I don't agree with that, actually. Oh, okay. You don't have to agree with it. I just say New England. I'm not saying Buffalo is a better team than New England, but to me, if they played ten times, I'd say New England probably would win six. Okay, well, I'm going to say they win at least eight. Okay. <laughs> eight, eight, eight times out of that. And, uh, you know, you know they... last night I was, uh, I just want to throw this in there. Last night I was uh, watching a uh, Michael Moore interview on CNN, a live interview, and they do the thing on CNN where you can, where they show uh, the viewer tweets, you know, the different things that people are putting on Twitter uh, as the thing's going. And there's one that popped up from Flint, Michigan. Just randomly, you know, it's all about politics, politics, politics. And the one underneath said, Lions and Bills are undefeated. Talk about class warfare. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's funny. I thought that was great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, like, I, like we said, these are two teams on the rise here. I don't think any of them are playoff teams by any means. Um, even though you're going to disagree with me, Tip, the Jets are still the Jets. I still think the Jets have a better team than the Buffalo Bills. Um, and same thing with New England. New England, I think I think, I think, think New England still has a, I don't want to say by far better team than the Buffalo Bills, but they, they have an, a lot better team than the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I just, well, we have that same person calling again. Let's go ahead and take this call. Caller from the 517, you're on the air. No, oh, that's me talking. Did we just get butt dialed again, school? No, we might have. I don't know. Huh. You know, it's. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. Oh, what's going on? Anyways, maybe we should call them back. Let's call them back. Want to call them back? Sure. Let's see here. You know what? We'll we'll, we'll finish up with this. We'll call All them right. back after okay. the break. Yeah, let's we'll do call it on, them back at after our the convenience. Break. Yes. Screw them. Anyways. Um. But other than that, changing of the guard, I definitely think that's happening after everything that we said as far as Pittsburgh goes, as far as the Colts go. And the Colts look the Colts look terrible right now. They look absolutely terrible. Peyton Manning right now, um, Jim Israel said that Peyton Manning is, he may come back in December. He may start playing in December. But the first tweet that he let out, and just Jim Israel, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, was saying that, uh, that Peyton Manning is probably done for the season. Um, I think that's more the case than anything else. Uh, he should be. Yeah, but I mean, too. I mean, we talked about it last week too. I wouldn't. I, I still wouldn't put him on the on the IR. I wouldn't do it, considering it's Peyton Manning. I, I still haven't dropped him from fantasy football. And I, you know what? I, 
I would probably drop him for fantasy football. I wouldn't oh. put him on the IRR, IR if I was actually running a I think a you're team. still like, I still, I'm not certain that he's ever going to come back. Until, in, well, until it says IR next to his name, I'm going to hang on to they him. Go I on four, they go on four, he's on the IR. Probably, and I'll drop him then. And he should be. Well, then that's, and They're that's, doing a disservice to their team, in my opinion, but that's just me. Well, I, I don't understand. I don't think I don't see who they're going to be able to bring up. That isn't the point. Move on. If, if there Move was on. some, if there was somebody else. Move there. on. Wait a second. It's Peyton Manning. It's it's the it's season, much. The season's lost. Anyway. I know, but it's it's much easier said than done to say to move on it's from one year from one of the best quarterbacks. And okay, but who are you going to bring up though? Who, what what roster spot does that open up to bring up somebody? else? I don't else? know what they're going to bring up, but I know one thing: if they don't do it, they can't bring anybody up. Okay, what are they? What are they going to do? What's what the are they going to do? What are they? Because you never know what's going to happen with the rest of the season. You never know. I know they're zero and three right now. I know that, but you don't know what's going to happen now with the rest of the season. They play in the they play in the AFC South that consists of Houston, that consists of Jacksonville, and it consists of Carolina. That's not the best division in all of football. Houston should win that division. But that's still a division that's still very, very winnable if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Since yes, when Indianapolis, when, since when are they in the South? They're in the South. No, I mean the city. That's oh, I don't know. It's the same, same, same thing with Dallas. Why are they in the NFC East? <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry. That's geography for you. Anyways, um, but, you know, I, there's, there's really no point in doing that. No point I disagree with you. No point whatsoever. I think you guys are proving the point I was about to make, Go which ahead. is that... You can say that either way. You can say what's the point either way. What what's the point of putting the guy on the IR when there isn't anyone to put when who are they gonna fill that roster spot with? It's not like there's some great quarterback floating around. And also, like Tip says, what's the point of leaving him on the team when you know he's not gonna play? Well Because you don't know that. Well and the, and the thing is that it, it doesn't matter either way. It's just a it's just a game that they play. I mean, they, the Detroit Lions put uh, now who's the guy that uh, you know we uh, had the quarterback we had when uh, Stafford was here be- before Stafford. Um, um, uh, Dante Culpepper. No, no, Dayton the uh, Playboy models. Oh, um, Jeff Short Garcia. Guy, Jeff Garcia. They put him on the IR because it, it was a game they were playing. They they put him on the IR because he was pissed. They were pissed off at him. Oh, Just they like also they're did the same thing with John Kittenham too. Well, and that's and my point is they're not putting Peyton Manning on the IR out of respect for the guy. They don't think he's going to play, but what if he does? I mean, does it? If what if they're not going to sign anyone anyway? I mean, they got two quarterbacks. Are they going to say why are we going to waste three hundred thousand dollars to sign a third string quarterback when there's nobody out there? When the truth is, they can if one of their other quarterbacks gets injured, they could do that in an instant. They could do it, and then sure, then Peyton says, well, "They don't hey, necessarily sorry. have to sign a quarterback. They sorry, can, Peyton. They can bring in well, if there's somebody player. to bring in, if there's somebody to bring in, I mean, maybe there isn't. I've got to imagine if this was an issue right there, right now." That Peyton Manning would be on the IR. Oh, it's not an issue because it's Peyton Manning, and I, and and I, re- I, I totally tomorrow. respect it too. I mean, I understand why they're not doing it. If if put, let me rephrase this: if Peyton Manning knows in his heart he's really not going to be able to play the rest of the year, then he should go to the Colts and say, "Hey, let's come on, put me on IR." Do that's it, yeah. you know. The truth is, though, until they need the spot, 
Why put him on IR? He has to be on IR for the rest of the year. One he, second, be, you know, before they sign somebody else. But the second you put him on IR, he's done. He's there for the season. Yeah. So you don't put the guy there till you really need that spot. And, it, and, and maybe and they it, don't it, need the and spot. It, and it's Peyton Manning too. It's not like this is a backup quarterback that they're dealing with. Oh, it's he's not, like... not that good. <laughs> okay, he's not that good. <laughs> I wish Lickless was here. <laughs> Does he love or hate Peyton Manning? He he loves Peyton Manning. He no, I do too. I think he's, he's awesome. Peyton Manning's awesome. I think I think he is. I. By the way, Tip, just to let you know, the text lines are saying put him on IR. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I, I just I from I'm I hate to say it, and and at the risk of sounding. The Facebook lines, actually, I should say. Arrogant, and I don't mean to. I, I look at it from a general manager's viewpoint. It's better for the team to put them on IR, and you have anytime you can add a player to a team, you don't know who this player could be. It could be a good a running back that has a great season. You know, it, it's just you're missing opportunities, in my view. He's not playing this year. He probably isn't. No, he isn't. He probably isn't. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not saying he I mean, isn't. Every best case scenario. Because we don't know that minimum yet. six months to recover from the surgery that he had. Tips a doctor too. No, I'm just. He's a general you. manager and a doctor. See, I knew that was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing and, here, and, Tip? And Adam is still wrong and an asshole. What are you? What are you? What are you doing here, Tip? <laughs> tips a Tips a general manager and a doctor. Yet he still takes time out of his busy schedule to come. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, when he's when he's not. And he's, and he's the quarterback still for I, I, the Minnesota I Vikings. No, I quit. Oh, you quit? Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm Brett Favre's neighbor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to fly up from Mississippi to be on the show. No, I just the... cut his grass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to hit on one more thing with, uh, with the NFL, and that's uh, Michael Vick. Um, Michael Vick has been getting um, beat up these last couple of games. Um, took a concussion a couple games or two weeks ago against uh, who was that against uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, kind of a nasty play too that he when he went down, uh, he ended up hitting one of his own players. Um, his head ended up hitting one another player. Um, he bit his tongue, spitting up blood, had a concussion. If he was abused anymore, he would have been one of his dogs. Oh. Yeah, Squirrel's definitely not feeling sorry for him right now. Uh, and then uh, last week, it looks like he got rattled in the head again. But the, there was the, a late hit. Yeah, and, but the main focus was uh, was his hand. It appeared that right. people thought that it was broken. Um, the, it, it seemed like the general media thought that it was broken um, at first. But right now, Andy Reid is saying that it's uh, it's actually bruised. Yeah, it's a deep hand. bruise. Yeah, deep uh, deep bruise. And um, his availability this weekend is um, it's uncertain. Right now, and all of us thought his hand was broken because uh, the media reported it wrongly yes. and told us all that his hand was broken. Yep. yep, and no, don't don't uh, criticize your uh, next door neighbor or your coworker because he tells you that Michael Vick's hand was broken because they did in fact say that over and over again, you know, on television and radio. But right now, um, Vic is uh, he's complaining. He's doing some complaining about the refs, saying that they're not. Uh, they're not really doing their job to uh, to protect him in that case. Now I know he's not going to get a whole bunch of sympathy from uh, from Squirrel, but I don't know. I, I to tell you the truth, I think I think in general, I think there's too much protection on the quarterback in football. But that's just me. Tip. Um, I didn't I didn't look at the I didn't look at the at the hit closely on Vic. 
You think it was late? Oh, it was late. It was definitely a late hit. And, and I'm all for that. I'm all for. I'm all for you getting penalized for late hits. I don't. I don't think that you know that has anything. You know, I don't. I don't think that should be part of the game at all. I think you have to protect the quarterback. Uh, I. I know. You know. I'm. I've actually kind of changed my viewpoint on this. These linemen and linebackers are so big, and so fast, and these quarterbacks are so unprotected. It's some of these hits. I don't. I don't know how a quarterback, quite frankly plays an entire season let alone even one game sometimes the, uh, way, the way they get hit so i think it's i think it's really necessary that they, they do protect the quarterback quote from michael vick at some point something catastrophic is going to happen not to blame the refs or say that it was their fault it's just one of those unfortunate situations and i just think more precaution should be taken when i'm inside the pocket if you look at all the replays i'm on the ground every time and it's unfortunate for myself and it's unfortunate for my team and i'll be lying if i if i said i wasn't if i were to sit here and say i wasn't frustrated right now because of that i think that sounds like a little bit of i'm frustrated because our team's playing like shit right now and i can't really get anything done yeah. that's what it sounds like to me in that in that quote i know everyone's just gonna say that i'm a michael vick hater no 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 but, go ahead but, this this quote comes across to me as extremely arrogant, not only yeah. as er, not only arrogant as an individual, but arrogant about his position. Because every single play, I, I personally don't know how every single play in an NFL game doesn't end in a serious injury. I I, no, tru- I, I, I truly don't. I, I, yep. So I mean, because of the way they hit. So the truth is, there could be potentially a serious injury, and a game you know or a career ending injury whether it be fluke or done on purpose you know there could be a career ending injury on every single play every single snap you're looking at a potential career ending injury for one of those 22 guys so the idea that my position me and he he uses the word me that i have to be protected from this because what if my career were to end well Sure, there he has a point, but what about that guy blocking you? His career might end on that hit too. What about no? I you're what, right. what about that guy who gets blocked? What you know? Isn't he just as just as important of a person as as Michael Vick is? I mean, this is uh, truth is if Michael Vick's career ends on the very next play he plays. I don't know, or or maybe I should use Tom Brady's or uh, you know Aaron Rodgers. If his career ends, he's still a multi-millionaire. If that rookie lineman's ends, well, looks like he just lost out on you know four years of making ten million bucks a year. You know, so that to me is a really arrogant statement. I, I, and when you really, when you really diagram it, that's a really arrogant statement. I find it pretty arrogant too. And like I said, it just sounds like a guy that's frustrated because, mm-hmm. you know, this dream team, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, after going out and signing Nandi Asamoa and you know, and all these, sure. you know, and and Ronnie Brown and you know, getting uh, and getting uh, you know, Vince Young as their backup quarterback to Michael Vick. All of a sudden, they're not playing as well as uh. Is they thought and everybody else thought they would be doing, and um, you know they, what happens when you don't have a good offensive line. Yeah, and they and they end up and they end up losing to the New York Giants, a team that many people probably thought were 
we're done and we're not going to do anything this year yet. And one of their biggest rivals for that matter too. I, I, I think this is more frustration than anything else. I think, I think if, if Philadelphia ended up winning this game, then you wouldn't hear Michael Vick say oh, I agree with anything, you that. anything about it. Yeah, when I made the comment about protecting the quarterback, it really had nothing to do with Michael Vick. Well, I, th- I overall, I, oh, I understand, yeah, I understand the mean, yeah. rules. Yeah, and I and I and I think and I think the league needs to protect the quarterback as well because the, you know once that once that ball is snapped for a good portion of that play, you know, the entire defense is basically trying to rip the quarterback's head off. And you've got to and yes, these get these guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So you've got to, you know, kind of balance things out. So, you know, and it's business-wise, it's good for the NFL, too, because you don't want to see no. you don't want to see Peyton Manning go down like he is right now. You don't want to see Tom Brady go down. You don't want to see Aaron Rodgers or Michael Drew Brees Vick or Michael Vick or anything Stafford like that go down. Yeah, they, these are big money makers for the NFL right now. But I do think it's taken to an extreme that it doesn't need to be taken to because if, if somebody's hand comes down on the, on, on the quarterback's helmet during a play, they could be, you know, they could be uh, flagged for roughing the passer, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, you know, Tip, like you said too, this was a late hit. It was. Know, a late, I mean, it, yeah, was, it was. It was indeed a late hit. And whether you like a rule or dislike a rule, and I don't think there's anyone that really dislikes that rule. But no. but whether you like a rule or dislike a rule, it's a rule. And right. For, so for him to be a little upset about a bad call, it was a bad call. It was a late yep. hit. So that it is a legitimate blown call. So you know, like and he got hurt on the play, and yeah, you know, and like the main thing. And you guys are both right. They're frustrated. He's frustrated. He, you can for tell. sure, for sure. Um, I do want to move along though. He's probably pretty pissed off at his offensive line. Oh sure, the, the, that was their weak spot going <laughs> into the season, and the, yeah. it's going to haunt them all year, just did, like the running game is going to haunt the line. You talk about bad offensive lines. Did you guys watch the Dallas Washington game last night? <laughs> What did it end up eighteen to sixteen or something? Yeah, like Tony Romo. Tony Romo did a good job, you know, leading the Cowboys back, win that game. But as far as the snaps, how many screwed up snaps that offensive line had for Dallas? It seemed like every other play, that snap was being screwed up. Whether you know, there's huge miscommunication between Tony Romo and his center. It was it was really amazing. It, it, seriously, it seemed like once. A series, once an offensive series for Dallas, there would be a screwed up snap. Whether you know Tony Rumble or Tony Rumble, Tony Romo would fumble it, or you know the center would hike it and it would it would get by Tony Romo and he had to go and scramble to you know recover the ball. It was it was really crazy what was going on last night with uh with uh, the Dallas Cowboys in that game. But anyways, though, uh, moving along though, like I said, we're gonna go ahead and go get to our picks at about ten to. Ten to ten. Um, I do want to touch on this uh, on this racism in sports. Um, and oh, actually, you know what? Guess who we have calling? We have Aaron calling in right now. Okay, must have been waiting. Aaron, what's going on, man? Not too much, guys. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. I you texted me earlier and said you needed some help on something. Yeah, I had a question. I need you guys' uh, expertise on. Is it on girls or something? Because I don't know if we're going to no. help you. <laughs> no, it's on. Um, uh, so at work, we're having this Saturday thing at the end of the month where we can kind of dress down and uh, wear a sports jersey or something. Uh-huh. My manager thought it was a good idea to um, get some custom-made shirts made uh, for everyone at the store. Okay. The problem is she wants to impress her boss, who's a giant Yankees fan. Oh, baby. 
<laughs> so I was wondering, what's more important, impressing a boss or, you know, representing the Tigers when they might be playing the Yankees? Oh, yeah. You, you know what? Absolutely not. You can't. You can't wear Yankee stuff, especially if the Tigers are going to be playing the Yankees in the ALDS. Where what? Where would you make more money? Impressing the boss? Um, in the long run, possibly, yeah. Get Yankee stuff. <laughs> Aaron, don't listen to him. He's a Yankees fan. Yeah. Uh, oh. You can't. You can't. You, this can't happen. I this, mean, this seems like a bad idea anyway. To just. To it's, just, you know to just push this on everyone. Okay, you think of long run stuff. Okay, Aaron works at he's 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 a he's a he's a sales representative. Okay, is that is that fair, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, he's a sales representative. I'm not going to say where, but when you're dealing with sales, this could potentially hurt business later on down the line. You see, I, I have the perfect answer. Go ahead, Tip. Wait, no, I don't. I don't want to hear from Yankees fans anymore. No, no, I do. I'm, I'm serious, Aaron. You're having a, what? Now you're having a party on Friday. Is this what's going on? It's um, no. It's just like a dress down day on a Saturday during business hours. Okay. I would. Um, we're just allowed to wear a sports shirt. Yeah. Get your boss a Yankees shirt and garb, and everyone else dress up in Tigers. That's stuff. fair. I like that. Why not? Yeah. Would that work? Cool. Is the boss real thin skin though, or is he going to be bummed out? If he's, oh, I he's doubt it. I mean, uh, he, you know, he knows he's a Yankees fan in Detroit. So, is he from New York? Yeah. Oh, then do that. You'll be. Yeah. That'll be perfect. Yeah. You'll yeah. have a lot of fun with it because he'll be playing that day. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just think if you if you dress everybody up in Yankee stuff, and you can tell the boss this too, you get customers coming in there seeing a bunch of you know sales reps in, in, in Yankee shirts, I think that could be bad for business later on down the... And, I, and, I'm, and I'm speaking the truth also. No, no, I, I know what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Have yeah, your boss sure. wear yeah. Yankee stuff think... and everyone else wear Tigers because everyone knows the Yankees are the boss anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think that's a good answer, though. I like I like that, though, too, Tim. Yeah, is I that like what you were looking for, Aaron? Yeah, that's a good advice. I think right it's on. perfect. It'll work out great. I think it will too. I think I, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. Good luck with that, Aaron. Yeah. Cool, guys. Thanks. All right. I uh, can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on the next topic. So I'll listen. Well, did you? Did you want to? Well, it is a hockey. Did you? Did you have time to? You know, chime in on it real quick. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, we're gonna start with racism and uh, racism in sports, and we saw an example of this. Um, when was this, Aaron? Was it? It wasn't. It was last week, right? Um. Yeah, it was probably about a week ago when the Flyers were here. Yeah, yeah it was a it was a preseason game between uh, the Detroit Red Wings and the Philadelphia Flyers. It was in a neutral site. It was in London, Ontario. And if anybody has ever been to London, Ontario, it's a really, really small town. I thought it was kind of cool, though. It's kind of like a college type town. London, Ontario is a cool town. Yeah, um, you know, it's what is it? Two hours outside Toronto, something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'd say a little further. Yeah, something like yeah, something like that. Wayne Simmons, though, of the uh, of the Philadelphia Flyers, this game ended up going to uh, ended up going to a shootout. And Wayne Simmons of the Philadelphia Flyers, I believe this is his first uh, his first season with the Flyers. He is a black player, and as we all know, there's not very many black players at the NHL. But when he was taking his penalty shot, somebody threw a banana peel out on the ice, which can which is is can be construed as racist when um, you're dealing I, I honestly don't know why. Why is that racist? 
because um, I, is black, that like a thing? I, black people, you know, black people are considered, you know, people oh, use I, that okay, slur I against them. I, yeah, we're, we won't say it on the oh, air, but anyways, that's all right, I get it. Um, but that's but I, that's I did. I'm yes, sorry. but that's what happened. That's what happened. Somebody threw this on the ice and. Aaron, you're on the line with us right now, crashing the net. This isn't actually crashing the net. We'll have crashing the net back next week full time, which we're all excited about. You can catch a yeah. season preview as well um, next week at 9:30. But Aaron, what is your take on this? Um, you know, it's. I think it's you know a class will be sacked by some fans, and uh, I'm sure a guy was just thinking, "Oh, this will be funny," and you know, regardless. So yeah, it's definitely not something that's uh, good for the sport to endure. Obviously, you know, no one condones racism or anything like that, and all the players will disregard it and say it shouldn't have happened. But um, the fact of the matter is, you know, people are still going to be people, and um, you just got to try to discourage it. Um, Good news is, is apparently uh, London police are kind of, uh, by interviewing people at the game, they're kind of zoning in on actually who it was. So hopefully they'll find something and be able to maybe uh, make a bit more of a threat out of people doing this in the future. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's something that doesn't belong in any sport, no matter what it is. Uh, and it's, and this isn't the first time something like this has happened in hockey. I mean, it's, it's happened on the ice. I can remember Chris Simon, um, a former, you know, agitator in the NHL. He was accused of, uh, saying some derogatory remarks to a, to a, to a black NHL player before. I can't remember exactly what player that was. I'm not sure if it was Anson Carter um, or Jerome Aginla can't quite remember who it was, but I do remember an incident, an, an incident where that did happen with Chris Simon. Now, you know, there's, there's no confirmation on, on, you know, if, if, you know, yeah, if, if Simon actually used that word or, or, or any, you know, or, or any racist type remark to that player, but um, there are other um, instances where this happened and it's not only racism though. I mean, Aaron, you, you brought this up to me uh, earlier today when you texted me. Um, the same guy, Wayne Simmons, is accused of using a, a homophobic slur on, uh, on Sean Avery, who's you know in the middle of a bunch of things anyway, um, of the New York Rangers. And, you know, Sean Avery might... Kobe style. Yeah, it's, exactly, Kobe style. Sean Avery might, um, you know, Sean Avery is another one of those players who... Uh, has gone out and actually supported the uh, the gay community, but again, Aaron, I mean, we're seeing. I, I for some reason, it, it seems like um, I don't know if it's being magnified in hockey, but um, you know, we've had these two incidents with uh, with with Wayne Simmons where he's been on the receiving. Or I don't want to use those words when I'm talking about gay. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to be saying he's on the receiving end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You, you, you're doing a great job of, uh, of. Yeah, I keep on screwing of, up all uh, over the place. This PC. Yeah. Uh, anyways, post. it's it's hard though. It's hard. What can I say? Anyways, though. I bet it is. Anyways, Wayne Simmons has been. <laughs> That's what Sean Avery said. Yeah, he's he's been in this situation where he was being accused of you know of accused giving out the and slur causing and, and causing it exactly. Um, Aaron, I think I think. Same thing with what happened with Wayne Simmons. I mean, slurs like this have no place on the ice whatsoever. Even though, to tell you the truth, I think this probably happens in every single sport um, more than we probably think. Um, well, you know, it's something that uh, even it happens really, yeah, like you said, in any sport, it's something, sadly, that it's just that kind of atmosphere where you're around a bunch of guys, you get that kind of head in your 
and you just make a comment like that without thinking. And um, it's definitely too bad and it's something hopefully they can eventually eliminate from the game but right now it's just you got to change the way people think and you got to change that from being a derogatory term if if simmons did in fact you know use you know a, a homophobic slur towards sean avery do you think i mean the leafs gm um who's the Leafs gm again why is it on the tip of my tongue and i can't brian burke, brian burke there we go um he said if it, if you know if this in fact did happen if Simmons did use this uh, this slur on Avery, then something should be done, and I agree with him. I think if anything like this is used, whether it be you know racial or homophobic or whatever, then you know players should be disciplined for using this type of uh, this type of language, especially to considering you know it is a hockey game, it is a somewhat family event, and you know you're gonna have you're gonna have you know kids sitting in the front row, you're gonna you know. It's it's just not good for the sport. So I definitely think something should happen to Simmons as far as you know some type of disciplinary action if this was the case. Oh, definitely. And you know, um, Brian Burke's definitely one of the guys that you'd love to hear from on this. You know, with everything in his son, and uh, he's definitely near and dear, and he's a great champion of um, a lot of uh, a lot of human rights activists, just based off of how his son was treated in the hockey world, and he mm-hmm. really helped um, inspire a lot of people. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, as far as other things, though, as far as racism in sports goes, I mean, it's not just hockey. Like I said, it it, hap- it seems to happen in in, in 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 the other three major sports as well, whether it be basketball, um, um, baseball, or football. Um, LeBron James, I think, I think he's a, I think he's a tool in every regard. But LeBron James, too, was um, he said that a lot of, you know, a lot of what happened, a lot of the criticisms that came towards, you know, his way was because of because of his race, which I don't buy once. I don't I don't buy it all. I don't buy that. You know, the criticism coming towards LeBron James had to do because of, you know, his skin color. I think it had to do because he was a. He was a he was a jerk, you know, and, and the way he went about things as far as him leaving Cleveland and going to Miami. Are you talking about before LeBron James broke the color barrier and became one of the first <laughs> black NBA players? Yeah, he's the Jackie Robinson of the NBA, definitely. Um, but I mean, I was also taking a look at other things as well. Wait, wait, go, wait, no, go no, ahead, go real ahead, real quick. Uh, and I'm just going to give you my opinion on that, and it's way too long of a conversation. Although no one dislikes LeBron James more than me, as we all know. No, you you love to hate LeBron I James. I actually, I think he's probably right, and it's too long of a conversation and too in in depth. Give us the well. You made you made a statement, Tip, I and think, it's it's a it's a big statement. Is, so go ahead. I and, think there is a huge population out there who have still never accepted black people, African Americans, whatever you want to say. And look at them differently when they, however they act. They just, in a predominantly black sport. Thing? I don't think it has anything to do with sport. It is is a fact of how people perceive black people still in this country. And I, without quite, if you think racism doesn't exist in that way, you're really you're you're ignorant. I th- no, not I, you or squirrel. I'm saying in general. I think I think that racism. Is has runs it, rampant. I think racism puts its its ugly foot in any situation, you know, no matter what. Sit at a bar. You know what? Here's a perfect test. Well, no, I, hold on one second. I, but I don't. As far as LeBron James goes, I think the the vast majority 
of the criticism that came his way was because of how he handled the situation himself. I do think, yes. I I couldn't agree with you more about that. But there was, I do agree with you in a sense that there were some people out there that, you know, criticized him just because he was black. In general, and my my point, in general, I'm talking basically people probably over 40 who still feel this way. You want to test this out? Some night, someday, you guys, go to a bar somewhere where maybe the average age is 50, 40 to 50, 60. Go in there and sit down for a little bit and just listen to conversations people have. It's pretty extraordinary what you hear. You still swear to God it's in the 1950s or 60s with some of the things you hear come out of these people's mouths. Squirrel? Did you want anything? No, I, I'm not disagreeing with some of the things Tip said, but... You have to remember the context of what LeBron James said that in. He was falling back on that, and it was horribly untrue when LeBron James said this. I mean, it was horribly untrue. And the idea that a guy like LeBron James, whose physical and biological gifts from God are exactly the reason why he is where he is at, it is an absolutely ridiculous thing for him to say. I I, I agree with you. Like I'm saying, I'm, that's why I said this could go on forever. I agree with what you're saying. LeBron James, no one's a bigger tool. Okay, we all know that. But Brett Favre is up there with him. But there is no question that what he said is still true in my mind. I'm not, you, you, I think you guys to know what I'm trying to say. Not what he said. No, I, 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 racism right, is a lie. Right, right. I'm just I'm saying not, I'm certain, not denying that certain people look at him because of his color, and they don't like him. Did you have anything you wanted to add on that, Aaron? Um, no, I mean, you know, you guys are all making great points, and um, it's definitely a thought process in the countryside that we just have to kind of come to terms with and um, hopefully overcome one day. But I think more the root of the problem is really people still make these kind of comments and um you know we've all been subject to it where we make it in a joking manner and i don't think anything's going to change until that kind of thought process has changed what about you know what and i was thinking about this myself um college recruiting um i don't necessarily know if it's a uh if it's a it's a, if it's a racial type of thing more of a socioeconomic type of thing mm-hmm. but we've seen it this past you know year a lot in the NCAA as far as uh, as far as agents and boosters and head coaches in a sense too, totally taking advantage of some of these less fortunate kids, gifted kids, but less fortunate in these inner cities. And you know they just happen to be black. The majority of them. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that that the majority of these kids are black. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't think it. I don't think it's so much a racial thing than it is a socioeconomic thing. Just because. I agree. It's it's so intermixed now. That's the thing. It's those two statements. You know. Those, oh sure. It's so intermixed. It's you. It's unavoidable. Just because I think I think the majority of the population. Right. It's unavoidable and, not to do what they have yeah, to do. The majority so of the urban population, I believe, whether you know whether it be here in Detroit or Chicago or New York, is is a minority. Is yeah. a minority uh, group, whether you know whether it be black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I think, and I think definitely, you know, and, and, it, and it's definitely the case that some of these guys, some of these, you know, boosters, agents, coaches, take advantage of that. You oh, know, they, they take they, they take advantage of that. Yeah, they, I mean, they're they're sharks. They smell yeah. blood. They they take advantage of whatever situation they can take advantage of. I think. I, mean, I couldn't agree with they, they. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, they, if if they're trying to recruit a 
guy who's, you know, some white, rich, hoity-toity guy, they're going to try to play to that. If they're trying to recruit somebody from the inner city, they're going to try to play to those strong suits. So I I really, I agree with you, Adam, that this is a socioeconomical thing more than anything else and a, a cultural issue. Absolutely. But it's it's just the boosters being scumbags in essence is what it is uh, Aaron in terms of hockey though I mean obviously hockey's one of those sports where you know you might you it takes a lot of money to play hockey mm-hmm. I mean to buy the padding to buy you know all the equipment to uh, to play the game it, it, it it's expensive it's, it's an expensive sport but as far as as far as overseas though um you know, you have to figure, Aaron, that a lot of these players coming from overseas, uh, you know, especially like in Eastern in Eastern Europe. I mean, are these, you know, are, are do you think some of these players are coming from, you know, you know, the, maybe the same situations that some of these inner city kids in the United States that go and play football or basketball at these big time colleges? Do you think the they have something in common there in terms of coming from, you know, from poor families? Oh, definitely, you know. Um, I mean, you need to look no longer than sometimes, you know, when Pavel Datsuk makes a comment about, uh, you know, I think back to Mitch Alden article that he did a couple of years ago, you know, he grew up very poor. He played soccer more than hockey, and then uh, he finally got to start playing it, and, you know, it was just a, more of a luck of the draw thing that he was just so skilled he was able to keep going even if he didn't have the best equipment. Um, it's definitely something where hockey's a very expensive sport to play, you know, even growing up with me, I I was afraid of breaking sticks, so I didn't take as hard a shot because <laughs> that stick cost 150 bucks. You yeah. know, so it's something where definitely that you know you have to really try your best to kind of um, acknowledge that these players came from humble backgrounds, and it takes a lot more for them to really kind of I think come to that term. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I mean, as far as racism in sports, I mean, I don't think it's it's nowhere near as predominant as it was back during the you know nineteen seventies, sixties, fifties when there were when there were the race wars. But I I think that people may think that you know it's 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 not an issue anymore. When it's it's definitely still an issue. I think it's and and, and it just goes to show what happened the other night with Wayne Simmons. You know, with the whole banana peel incident and. In, uh, in London, Ontario. You know, the thing is, though, we shouldn't, you know, vilify the sport, the players, the city mm-hmm. too no. much. This is one idiot. Oh, this absolutely. is one guy who threw a. Well, it's down. it's always it's yeah. always it's and always one idiot. It, it's always it's always it's always a minority group of people. That's I mean, that's. This isn't even a group, though. This is one idiot. Well, I'm talking. I'm you talking. Know. I'm talking in the grand scheme. I, of no, things you're right. Here, you're so right. I wasn't disagreeing. It's just this really yeah. is just one guy making an off-color stupid joke. You know, sure. uh, this idiot would probably back down from any legitimate conversation mm-hmm. on this. Sure. Uh, if he was in the room, he would probably agree with us, but when it was, you know... When he's by him, himself. Yeah, yeah, when he's he, by himself throwing a banana peel, he thought it was hilarious. Him and two of his, you know, moronic buddies who are half in the bag throwing, you know, <laughs> banana peels out in the ice. Or, I wonder who, who the hell brings a banana to a, uh, to a hockey game. What, it, that shows it was probably premeditated. You yeah. Know? What kind? What kind? I. I mean, I'm. I'm vegetarian. You know, I. I like vegetable. I like. I like. I like fruits. But I would never bring a, a freaking banana to a hockey game. That seems uh, a little lame to me. Anyways, though. <laughs> anyways, Aaron, thanks for joining us tonight uh, when we talked about this, and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. 
Sounds good, guys. We'll see you then. All right. Take have care, a good night, Aaron. Aaron. Have a good job. All right. Good hearing from Aaron there. Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break though. This is the Majors Live on the Majors Net. We'll be right back. was a boy wizard whose name was Larry Smarter. Larry, why weren't you in Professor Dinky Doodle's mythical creature classification class? Well, I'm taking Algebra 2 in a foreign language. Oh, so you can talk to unicorns? <laughs> uh, exactly. Unless they're French. Larry wanted to go to college, so he visited knowhowtogo.org to find the classes he really needed. Getting into college doesn't happen magically. Learn more at knowhowtogo.org. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, and the Ad Council. My sport is football, but my passion is education. My name is Namdi Asmoa, and this is how I live united. I see too many kids miss out on moving up. Kids who could go on to college, but just need that extra little push. So every year, I take promising high school students on a college tour. We check out the dorms, the library, meet some professors, find out where the best late night grub stops are. It shows them that there's a whole world beyond their own. But what's even better is that most of these kids decide college is for them. I'm Namdi Asmoa. I show kids that a higher education means a brighter future. So when it comes to living united, I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Join me. It takes all of us working together to make a difference. Find out how you can live united for education. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I'm Sarah. I'm Ellen. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. I got behind the wheel. I got a cab. A squirrel ran across the road. A squirrel ran across the road. I swerved. The cab swerved. I hit a guy. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. This is Adam Hernandez with a major sports update. Ozzie Guillen tweeted Tuesday that he was in town ready to go with the Florida Marlins, and the clubhouse buzz was all about the new manager. One minor holdup. The minor, the Marlins have yet to confirm a deal, saving some suspense for the final day of the regular season Wednesday. But Guillen's website eliminated much of that drama by leaking the news as he agreed to become the Marlins' manager. A post Monday night quoted Guillen announcing he was Florida-bound. The blog taken down a short time later and replaced by a post that discussed Guillen's departure from the Chicago White Sox while making no mention of the Marlins. Smiling widely, but even resorting to a memorable NBA cliche to avoid specifics, David Stern provided little insight into the direction of the league's labor situation. That he hinted he would could that he hinted could come Wednesday. Negotiators for the NBA and its players met for only about two hours Tuesday and plan to resume the talks early Wednesday. Stern said that the meeting will determine how soon it's worth sitting down again. And if it's not later this week, more cancellations are likely by next week. Commissioner Mike Slivey 
tried to re- tried to temporarily quell the enormous speculation about whether or about whether or more likely when the Southeastern Conference will add a 14th member to join Texas A&M. Slave said Tuesday, a day after festivities welcoming number 13, that the SEC presidents and chancellors are not currently considering any other schools for admission and that Texas A&M was the only one to submit an application. He reiterated that he anticipates having just 13 members in 2012-13. I really can't emphasize that enough. This has been all this this has all been about Texas A&M, Sylvie said. In a conference call with Texas A&M President R. Lofton Bowen, we have not initiated any conversations with any institution. This was about Texas A&M understanding that some of the complexities that 13 teams brings, and that's really it. For more, check out themajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to the Majors Live. I'm Adam Hernandez. Good evening and welcome back to the Majors Live on the award-winning Majors.net and Grouty.com. This is webisode number 77 and it is almost day 2309 in the search for Tim Shoveldick. If you're just joining us for the tail end, we talked about Jack McKeon retiring. We talked about hockey's winter classic, the Rangers versus the Flyers. They'll be coming up this year and we crashed the impromptu net with Aaron Egemeyer. We also did a little bit of talking about Ozzie Guillen taking his skills down to Long Beach. Here, South Beach. South Beach. <laughs> Long Beach. South Beach. <laughs> North Beach. It's a Long Beach. It's, it's it is a Long, Long Beach. Beach. Yeah, it is Long Beach. South, South Beach, yeah. Long Beach. <laughs> Where is Long Beach? California. California. <laughs> My yeah. bad. The LBC. That's right. The LBC. There's a lot more gay people in South Beach. Oh, is there? That's what Simmons told <laughs> <laughs> Here's your host, Adam Hernandez. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yes, welcome back, everybody, to the Major Live kind of 77. It is a naughty show tonight. That's okay, though. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it back to you, Squirrel. What's going on, Grouty, tomorrow night? Tomorrow we got uh, Chris Cini subbing in for Lickless, coming in studio to uh, do some comic talk, and he's going to do his comic book panel segment as well. And we may be able to pull off some Craigslist watchdogging. It's been a, been a bit. We're not going to have any... Uh, any uh, Bex surprise uh, I don't think we have here? any surprises from Bex. All right. Well, what that... You never know. Yes. You, yeah, you never know. But make sure you stay tuned for Grouty tomorrow night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Majors down at Grouty.com. Anyways, we will get to our picks. Squirrel, yet again, go ahead and put on the sombrero. You, uh, okay. you are still in the lead overall at 24, 17, and 1 and 48 points. Followed by Tip at 22, 19, and 1 with 45 points. Lickless, 21, 20, and 1 with 43 points. And myself bringing up the rear, 20, 21, and 1 with 40 points. Um, we will go ahead and kick it off with our NCAA picks this week. First game, number 8, Nebraska, getting 10. Getting 10 points against number 7, Wisconsin. Go ahead, Tip. This is by far the... All these picks this week to me are the toughest picks I've seen in a while, and I'm, I'm going with Wisconsin. 
All right. Squirrel? I'm going to go with Wisconsin as well, at least with the points. Um, but uh, I, I, I really think Wisconsin can win this game. I really do. Well, they're getting, they're giving 10. Nebraska's oh, getting I'm sorry. 10. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's why I thought this looked so weird. Oh, I'm, okay. That's a tough. I know. Okay. Well, then I'll take Wisconsin for sure, but I. Uh, yeah, that's a strange. They've got to win by 11. Yeah. That, that, that's a strange. Uh, that's a, that, that's a, a big strange. spread. It that's a big, big spread. spread. Okay. I'm sorry. I've read that wrong. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Wisconsin at home. That'll be big. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wisconsin as well at home. Ten points. That's uh, that's that's quite a spread there. So I'll go ahead and take Wisconsin as well. Next game we've got number thirteen Clemson getting seven as they take on number eleven Virginia Tech. Go ahead, Squirrel. I'll go with Virginia Tech. Yep. I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech also. I'm with you guys. I go ahead and take the Hokies as well. Next up we have eighteen Arkansas getting two and a half as they take on number fourteen Texas A&M. Tip with the pick. Go ahead. Man, AM had a 28-7 lead last week against Oklahoma State and lost. Uh, but I'm going to stick with AM on this one. I'm going to go with AM as well. I, I, they're a good team. I, I, yeah. they, they are a good team, and I, I, that was a bit fluky, I think, last week. But, uh, but I, I am going to go with them. I, th- I don't like Arkansas at all this year. I haven't liked what I've seen from them. From them. I think they're, the only reason why they're ranked 18th is because of the conference that they're in. With that said, I'm going with Texas A&M um, all the way. Uh, next up, we've got Auburn, which is the music we're listening to right now, getting 10 as they take on number 10, South Carolina and the Gamecocks. Go ahead, Tip. South Carolina. Auburn's not even close to what they were last year. Go ahead, Squall. Uh, you know, I was actually going with Auburn in this one. I think they could do this. I don't think they can do this. I'm going with South Carolina. <laughs> Number 15. That'll be my big upset. <laughs> Number 15, Baylor taking on Kansas State, getting three and a half. Squirrel with a pick. Go ahead. Baylor. Go ahead, Tip. Yeah, Baylor too. Uh, Kansas State, they are on the cusp of being ranked, but I'm going with the Bears in this one. I'm taking Baylor. Last up, we have number three, Alabama, taking on number 12, Florida. He's getting three and a half in this game from Gainesville. Tip with the pick. Go ahead. This is a strange spread for me, but I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama. I thought, you know, I thought maybe they'd give Florida seven or something. But only getting three and a half worries me, but I'll, I'll stick with Alabama. Uh, I'm going with Alabama, too. This, this is a pretty easy one for me. I, I really like Alabama. Alabama so. is ranked number one in the majors, top 25. I'm going with Alabama. So, anyways, though, we're going to go ahead and move on to the National Football League. We've got the Minnesota Vikings giving up a 20-point lead to the Detroit Lions last week, losing overtime off of a Jason Hansen field goal, which ironically... It was a Jason Hansen field goal that won it for the Lions back in uh, back in 1997. The last time the Lions won in the in the Metro Dome, so uh, Jason Hansen comes back to haunt the uh, Minnesota Vikings once again. This week, though, the Vikings taking on the Chiefs from Arrowhead. The Chiefs getting one point in this game. Tip with the pick. Go ahead. Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs for me as well. I'm going with the Vikings. Chiefs are riddled with not, injuries. They're, they're not as bad as I think they. I, they played a lot better last summer. I don't. I don't think the Vikings are as bad as they as everyone thinks they are either. So I'm going with the Vikings in this one. Next up, we've got the Bills taking on the Bengals, who are getting three in this game. 
Tip, you going with your favorite team in the NFL right now? Everything points to Bengals winning this game. Bills coming down after a big win. I'm still taking the Bills. Squirrel right? Bengals. This is, I, it, it ends here. Bengals. I was going to follow that logic that Squirrel had there, and it's good logic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big one that they had last week against the, uh, against the New England Patriots, but <sighs> talking the Bengals here. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm, I'm chickening out. Maybe I'm going with the Bills. Next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers getting four. Heading into Houston to take on the Texans. Scroll with the pick. Go ahead. Uh, Steelers, actually. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, go ahead. I think th- this is a big, big game for the Steelers. I think this is going to say a lot about their team. But I'm going with the Texans. I think it's going to say a lot about the Steelers as well. I'm with you on that one, and because of that, I think Mike Tomlin's going to have his team ready to play. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers in this one. Uh, next up, we've got the Atlanta Falcons heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who are getting four and a half. Tip with the pick. Go ahead. I got to go with Atlanta. Uh, I've got to go with Atlanta too. I'm sorry, I skipped over you, squirrel. Oh, that's right. Me too. I'm not all three of them. Yep. Next up, we've got the New England Patriots taking on the Oakland Raiders from the black hole. The Raiders are getting four and a half. Scroll with the pick. Go ahead. Got to go Patriots. They're coming back big. I know their defense sucks. But they're yeah, I picked team. the Raiders last week to beat the Jets. And this week I'm picking the Patriots to beat the Raiders. I think it's going to be a bloodbath in the black hole. The Patriots all the way. It's Tom another Brady. Game. This is a kind of another uh, turning point for the Patriots. Team. I know, but Tom Brady's going to be pissed. Bill Belichick's going to be pissed, and that New England offense is going to be pissed. But so if they give with. up 30 points again this week, they're, they're in for a Sure, yeah, I agree with that. Um, last up, we've got the Jets getting three and a half as they take on the Baltimore Ravens. Tip, take it away. Ravens have turned it around. This is still going to be my pick in the Super Bowl. Ravens. Ravens for me as well. And you know I'm a Ravens slappy, so. I'm going with the Ravens as well. We got their offense going up. I think Ray Lewis is still one of the best linebackers in the league. Love Ray Lewis. You're a Ravens slappy. I'm a Ray Lewis slappy. Yeah, no, I'm I don't, I don't care if he rolled over his friends for killing somebody. I like Ray Lewis. <laughs> Anyways, those are our picks this week. If you're smart, go ahead and use tips for the uh, for the NFL ones. Take scroll for the NCAA ones and avoid mine at all costs. <laughs> um, other than that, though, we are going to go ahead and move into our bitches and badasses this week. Um, get that music off there. We're not we're not talking NFL anymore. Anyways, bitches and badasses this week. Tip, you're a leadoff man. Go ahead and take it away. You know, I'm having a hard time with the bitch, bitch this week, and I'm just going to pull one out of my hat or out of squirrel sombrero. Um, I'm going to my bitch this week's the NBA, not because they're closing down or anything other than that. What the reason is? I just think people don't care, and they better be real careful. Yeah. And my badass this week is actually, this is a strange one. It's Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes. He's stepping down. He's 92 years old, and he's no longer going to be doing the show this year. And uh, I always loved Andy Rooney. I didn't know he was still doing 60 yeah. Minutes. Yeah. 92 years old. You got to wow. hand for the guy. You know, yeah, he still absolutely. just uses a typewriter. Yep. So. <laughs> you say he still uses a typewriter? Yep. Do you still use a typewriter, too? I, I, 
I actually just write everything. <laughs> I haven't got to the typewriter stage. <laughs> well, ironically enough, the man we're going to next still also predominantly writes as well. I do. I do. Very, I, I use a computer, but I, I carry around notebooks with me everywhere I go. Yeah, he's like he's like Kevin Spacey from Seven, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Squirrel. You know, real quick, I'm not going to elaborate on it too much this week, but my bitch uh, this week is Ozzie Gian. actually. I don't hate Ozzie Gian. Um, I think he's a good manager. I think he's a good baseball mind, and sometimes I actually kind of enjoy his antics. But the stuff I had to say to me, he just he sounded like kind of a bitch, and I just I, I just wasn't into it this time. Sorry, Ozzy, but I just not feeling it. Good luck in good luck in Florida, but I, that's all I have to say. Badass this week, Kelvin Megatron Johnson, um, not just for playing his sack off. Um, you know, this week for the Lions, but just for his name and for bridging the gap and trying to do what Lickless and I have been trying to accomplish for the last 30 years, and that has proved that you can love sports and be a complete nerd because <laughs> that nickname is so nerdy. <laughs> but he backs it up. He he is he is more than meets the eye. Sure. Um, my, uh, my bitch this week is Leslie Frazier, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Um, after Adrian Peterson, probably the best running back in the NFL, screaming at his coaches to leave the offense on the field and go for, what was it, a fourth and one to, you know, extend things out and probably... Give yourself a good chance at at winning that game, getting your first victory of the season against the Detroit Lions. You leave your offense out on the field, yet you put in Toby Gerhardt and use Adrian Peterson as a decoy. You hand off to Toby Gerhardt and you don't get that first down. Are you kidding me, Leslie Frazier? You know, it's amazing, too, because, you know, all these players last year were screaming at the Minnesota Vikings, you know, front office to get rid of Brad Childress. You know, he was the problem last year, yet it seems we're seeing much more of the same right now with the Minnesota Vikings. They're still a team that, you know, can't get things done. They're 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 not a very good team. They're not a, and I know a couple minutes ago I said they're they're not as bad as everybody, you know, as they may lead themselves on to be, which I think is the case, but that that doesn't take away the the fact that they're that they're a bad team right now. They can't finish things out in the second. They had a twenty to nothing lead going into halftime. They were dominating every single aspect of that game as far as time of possession, rushing yardage, passing yardage, whatever. Maybe Adrian Peterson should get more than five yards in the second half. Yeah, maybe he should. I and, think uh, you want to through. I think he's a great running back. I but I think he's overrated. Could be. I do. Could be. Um, but a lot. He seems to lay down in big games. Um, good fantasy player, but I don't know. He, I just don't think he's that. I'd rather have. There's a handful of running backs I'd rather have other than him. You've got. You've got to give. Uh, you've got to give your uh, the ball to your playmaker in that situation. I'm not, I'm not yeah. So. That, but you know what? They gave the ball to the playmaker in the second half. He got five yards. Anyways, though, um, my badass. I was going to say Buffalo Bills, but I'm going to narrow it down even more. I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Buffalo Bills. This, you know what? It still seems like, you know, I talk, I, I was talking to a Buffalo Bills um, a fan 
prior to the season, and he was going on, you know, talking about how disappointed he was in his team and, you know, how there's really nothing there to, you know, kind of hang your hat on. Uh, but I think, you know, in the, you know, in the big picture here, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks. And we always oh, talk sure. about overrated guys, you know, in sports. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I, sure now, I'm wish not... I would have played him the last two weeks <laughs> on my fantasy team. No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is great by any means, but he's a good NFL quarterback. And Buffalo, and you know what? And he's out of Harvard. What else do you want? Yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy, you know, just like Barack Obama is. But anyways, <laughs> I was trying to stir up things with Squirrel. I would never deny that Barack Obama's not a smart guy. He's an extremely smart guy. But anyways. Actually, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people call politicians, especially presidents or former presidents, idiots. Oh, yeah, I know. I love that, too. That, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. And he is from the United States, too, right? Yes, he's from the United okay, States. Nice. I'm not a truther. <laughs> I was, I was, just, I was just wondering. Anyway, yeah, you don't though. become the president of the United States because you're an idiot. Can I, can I have a quick badass? Because I've got to get this. Out. Sure, go ahead. Tip. The milder one was Cabrera. Oh yeah, taking the bag. This lane, yeah. guy, you realize out of the last 106 at bats, he has 48 hits. That's amazing. He's batting 453. I'm, I'm actually a little pissed at Miguel Cabrera right now because he's screwing up. My argument as to why Verlander need to be the MVP. Yeah, he's going to win the batting title. Well, I and, and it was yeah, he's going to win the batting title, and it was me saying, you know, hey, if it wasn't for Verlander, we couldn't be there. He's the one guy in this team. But now you can say that about two guys on our team, and that kind of throws. Well, off you can say it about Alex Avila too. This yeah. guy has been absolutely remarkable as well. Yeah, um, I just heard that stat on the way over tonight, and I was like, that's astonishing. No, it's incredible. Now, Verlander should win it. Verlander should win it. I just because and of he might. he might. I don't think he will, but he should. Um, given you know. Given where I think the Tigers would still be, despite that 12-game winning streak that they had, I still think without Verlander this year. Wow, you realize the Tigers got a manager of the year, Cy Young, and MVP. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yep. Cabrera's batting over 400 right now. I mean, that's. I mean, he has yeah. the last hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah last 453 games. over the last six weeks. Yeah, yeah, and his over astonishing. His overall is 343. what 343. Yeah, and he yeah. got another. He got a double tonight for did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like. The guy's just amazing. So and who do we trade for him? Uh, oh, yeah, Cameron Mabin and Andrew yeah, Miller. <laughs> uh, but Dave Dombrowski sucks. Anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to get to this list, though, because we were talking about the biggest collapses in MLB history, mm-hmm. and that's our majors top ten for this week is the biggest collapses in Major League Baseball history. Um, number ten. Tip. Number ten. Yeah, number ten. Well, go ahead and name off some. Name off some. Sixty nine Cubs. Sixty nine Cubs. Okay. Do you have some other ones? Uh, Seventy eight Red Sox. Okay. Uh, Two thousand nine Tigers. Yeah, so I was to say, did they make the list? The Two thousand nine Tigers. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll start naming I them think off. The Phillies are in one of them too, aren't they? Early sixties. Phillies are in there. Yeah. 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 They well, they could be in there. Mm-hmm. May have just given something away, but anyways. Um, Number 10, the 1962 Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Dodgers blew a four-game lead in the final seven games. They lost 10 of their final 13. And the last four games, the Dodgers then lost in a best-of-three playoff series when a burned-out bullpen blew a 4-2 lead after seven innings in the deciding game. Manager Walter 
Alston also had 25-game winner Don Drysdale ready to go, but he opted to save him for a World Series Game 1 that never happened. Mm. Um, number 9, the 1951 Brooklyn Dodgers blew a 13-and-a-half game lead in the National League on August 11th, or had a 13-and-a-half game lead in the National League on August 11th. They ended the season with a... 26 and 22 finish, oh, which the Giants. Yep, which you would think would be good enough to make it to the postseason. However, the Red Hot Giants won 16 in a row in a remarkable 37 out of their last 44 games to tie the Dodgers on the final game of the season. Unfortunately for the Dodgers, their fate was sealed during the coin flip um, when they won and chose to play the first game at home and the next two games at the Polo Grounds, which later led to Bobby Dom- Thompson's shot heard around the world. <laughs> Um, next up, we do have the 2009 Detroit Tigers. Um, the Tigers spent 164 days in first place from May 10th to the final game of the season. Um, the Tigers had a, fo- had, had a chance four days before the end of the season at home to clinch the division against the second-place Minnesota Twins. They ended up losing that game, and the Twins went on to sweep the rest of their for remaining three games and uh, won that final playoff game in the at the at, at that game 163 at the end of the year, um, going on to the ALDS only to be swept by the uh, New York Yankees. <laughs> Get the 87 Blue Jays in there? No, we might. The Tigers remain the only team in Major League Baseball history to blow a three-game lead with four, with four to play. Um, next up, we have the 69 Chicago Cubs, which you mentioned, uh, Tip. Um, on August 14th, the Cubs had a nine-and-a-half game lead in the new National League East. However, 13 days later, the Red Hat New York Mets pulled within two and ended up beating the Cubs by eight games to win the division. The Cubs lost 14 of their final 20, and New York went on to win the World Series. Um, number six, the 87 Toronto Blue Jays with seven games to play. The Jays had a three-and-a-half game lead, and on the second-to-last Sunday had a one nothing lead going into the ninth inning against the Detroit Tigers. However, Kirk Gibson hit a home run to tie the game, and the Tigers eventually won um, in the won the game in the 13th inning. After that, the Jays didn't win a, another game. They finished 96-66, and 66, and the Tigers caught them with a sweep in the final weekend, winning three-one winning three, uh, three, run games, 4-3, three, 3-2, three, and one to one nothing. Game. Toronto finished the season two games behind the Tigers. Um, next up, we have the 19th, or actually, before we had to move on from that one, that was uh, the year that the Tigers actually got Doyle Alexander too. Yes, and he went nine. And, and one. he went nine and zero. Oh, it was nine and zero. Oh, wasn't one. Was it nine and one? Um, who's drawing some comparisons right now to Doug Fister? Um, but I, it's still a different situation considering where Fister is right now. Fister's a lot younger than oh, um, Doyle Alexander. People forget the following year. Doyle Alexander went seventeen and nine. Yeah. Up oh, and um, so, you know, all oh, we gave up so and so, but hey, they. they they won the division. That's mm-hmm. why they got them. You can't win World Series and championships if you don't take chances, that's and that's right. what the Tigers did that year. Um, number five is the 78 Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox led by 14 games in July and held on to a 7.5-game lead with 32 to play. The New York Yankees used a 14-of-17 swoon, including a four-game sweep at Fenway to close the gap on the Red Sox. Boston ended up winning their final eight and needed a tribe victory over the Yankees on the final day to force a one-game playoff at Fenway. However, do you remember who ended up sealing the deal for uh, the Yankees tip? Bucky Dent. Bucky Dent um, hit a home run to seal a 3-2 victory over the Cleveland Indians, or over the yep, over the Cleveland Indians, sending the Yankees to the playoff to the playoffs that year, in which they um, 
They no, eventually he, won the World Series too that year, didn't they? Yeah, but they beat they won. Bucky Dunn hit the playoff game against the Red Sox, not the Indians. Was it? Oh, I thought I read. I guess I read no, that, that wrong. The, that was the playoff game. The so you won the No, I must have read that wrong then. One sixty, hundred sixty third game. Okay. Yep. You're right. Um, number four was, and this one, th- this one has more to do with what comes up at number three. The 2008 New York Mets. Um, for the second straight year, the Mets were eliminated from postseason contention on the final day of the regular season. They ended up going 500 in their last 20 games, but couldn't hold off the surging Milwaukee Brewers team that ended up taking the NL wild card. Um, number three is the 2007 New York Mets. Um, they led by seven games on September 12th, but then lost five in a row, then won four of five, then lost six of their final seven to finish the season one game behind the surging Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies ended up capping things off by sweeping a three-game series at Shea in mid-September and lost on the final day, giving up seven earned runs and one-third of an inning of a 9-1 to loss to the Florida Marlins. Um, number two is the California Angels in 1995. The Angels led by 11 and a half games on August 9th, but then went an astounding 12 and 27 in their final 39 games, allowing the Seattle Mariners to make the playoffs for the first time in their franchise's history. The Angels ended up winning their final five games to force a one game playoff. However, Seattle ace Randy Johnson put the Angels out of their misery with a nine to one win. Um, I remember that game. Actually, that was a, that was a crazy, crazy game. Um, and then finally, Tip, you mentioned it earlier, the 1964 Philadelphia Phillies coming at number one. During the mid-20th century, the Phillies went 30 years without a pennant between 1950 and 1980. The streak should have been broken midway through after um, after they led by six and a half games over the Cardinals and Reds with 12 to go in September of 1964. Philadelphia then lost 10 in a row and ended up one game back in a tie for second with the Reds despite winning their last two games. So... There you have it. We'll have that up on our website shortly. The biggest collapses in MLB post, or not postseason history, but MLB history coming down the wire here since uh, Boston may be added to that list if they ended up not making um, the playoffs this year. So um, other than that, we, do, we don't have time for our 30-second drill, but I do want to know, if, is there a last call for any of you guys tonight? Yeah, I've got a real quick one. Go see uh, Mon- uh, Moneyball. Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Very, very good movie. Go see it. If you love baseball, it's an excellent, excellent movie. Sounds good. Squirrel? No, it sounds good. I can't wait to see Moneyball. All right. Well, there you go. Make sure you stay tuned for extra innings coming up next starring uh, Squirrel and myself probably for the last night when uh, Lickless comes yeah, back Lickless next Triumph week. Triumph and Return coming yep. soon. So uh, other than that, we'll be back at you again next Tuesday. Same time, same place, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here on TheMajors.net. Stay tuned for Grouty tomorrow night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Grouty.com, TheMajors.net. In the meantime, have a good night, everybody. We will see you next time.